Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Bridging Impact Podcast, the podcast that bridges wisdom from generation to generation. And I'm your host, Justin Furtado. And today's guest is Oleg Lokid. Oleg is someone that I've been connected to from university and in our conversation today, we appreciate the people that come into our life and that we get to serve. We talk about the choices we get to make every single day to look at life as either a miracle or just something we are walking through, the importance of finding what drives us every day and living and impacting in the now. So you won't want to miss this conversation. It's an amazing one. We dive right in. It's powerful. So let's get to it. Hello and welcome to the Bridging Impact Podcast, Oleg. I am thrilled to have you on, thrilled to have our conversation today about overcoming odds, overcoming fear. And so without further ado, the question we always ask our guests first is, what is your definition of impactful leadership and how does it show up in your everyday work? I love it. Uh, not an easy nope, question to begin loaded. with, but nope, hey, this is, this, is the, <laughs> this is the question that we have at the table. So First thing, I think before we start off, I actually would like to thank Kate Harmon, who had introduced the two of us to begin with. Absolutely. You know, she's played a big role in my life. And one thing that I'll say in regard to this question in particular, of what does impactful leadership mean to me? It is people like her. It is people like Mary Heidler, who was also one of the professors at my, the school that I went to, and a handful of others who really helped me define and better understand what does impactful leadership mean? And how I understand it today to this particular point is impactful leadership starts from within, in my opinion. And that is I'm a huge believer that you cannot help anyone else before you choose to help yourself. Therefore, you cannot lead anyone else before you choose to lead yourself. So within that, I think there's a component of accountability, which if I'm being fully transparent in this particular conversation, it's taken me years to develop and to realize and the only reason why I believe it's true is because, A, I didn't always hold myself accountable for a variety of reasons. I would say, if anything, my closest friend for many years to this point has been procrastination. I struggled with it. I've struggled in defining the relationship or a healthy relationship with these forms of procrastination where I was able to move forward into action and actually create the life that I wanted. I think the other component for why I wasn't leading myself at times was I didn't know where to lead. And I know that the, some of the conversations, some of the people that you've had on this show focus on this concept of sense of purpose and having a sense of meaning in life. And I would say for me, it wasn't until about five years ago that I was able to find that. I was able to define a sense of purpose and then refine it over time. But even to that point, it took me 24, 25 years to find that thing. So when I think about this concept, and I'm sure we'll dive into it more into the different segments of it, impactful leadership to me is A, being able to hold yourself accountable, being able to understand what type of leader do you want to be within your own life? And what are the components that contribute towards the form of leadership? Is it accountability? If so, how do you form that? How do you hold yourself accountable to the goals and to the vision that you have for your life while also understanding the fact that, yes, you might have all the people in the world that are helping you, that are cheering you on to be that individual. But at the end of the day, 99% of the work that's done is going to be done behind closed doors. It's going to be done behind the doors where Kate is not there to look and push you in certain ways, where 
your parents or whoever else that might be a mentor in your life is not there to help support you in those ways. So if anything, at the end of the day, all you have is you and you have to find a way to make it work. So I'm curious to hear from your lens what challenges that you faced even holding yourself accountable as a leader in this space, right? Starting a podcast. Yes, you might have people who are encouraging you, who are giving you all the tips and tricks for the equipment, the content creation, and whatever else. But at the end of the day, you still have to form the question. You still have to have the courage to ask the question. And you have to have an action plan to actually put it together and release it to the rest of the world. No, I mean, you, you bring up a brilliant point, And that's honestly one of the things I was going to ask right away was you touched on it at the beginning of the question that I had asked about you have to you can't lead others without beginning to lead yourself. And I'd love for you to like expand more on on your story of how you kind of started, you know, bringing that accountability yourself with your vision and your goals of what you wanted to accomplish in life. And then we can maybe compare and because I definitely can, can share the same sentiment of, you know, that I have to hold myself accountable for podcasting. There's, there's days where I maybe, you know, don't want to hop on an interview, or I don't want to do the editing, recording and marketing. And, but I, you know, it's part of where I want to go and the tool of being able to be a bridge and connect people, you know, you know, again, shout out Kate Harmon for connecting us and, and, people like that that are leading us and guiding us but we still have to show up for ourselves like behind closed doors like you talked about you know for me it's two things that you mentioned in that that really kind of anchor a lot of the things that I choose to do in a day-to-day and that's first I've been very fortunate to have an answer to the following question and that is what drives you I believe that informing this why or the overarching reason for why I become why I show up the way that I do on a daily basis is because I've been able to answer that question. I've been able to answer the question of what brings me peace, what brings me joy, what brings me fulfillment, what gives me meaning in life. And through those things, I found what another friend of mine, Steve Gamlin, terms it or coins it as pillars of life. And those are the things that essentially guide all the actions that you choose to take in your life. And through my own journey and my own personal self-discovery, I've been able to find it. Now, one small caveat to it all is this, is that because I chose to pursue a different journey in life, and that is the journey of entrepreneurship, which not many people choose to pursue for a variety of reasons, I've realized that I had to really seek out the right connections and the right mentorship opportunities of people who can support me along this journey people who can be there for me on the days that you mentioned, which I believe all of us have it, right? We experience it from one time to another where you wake up and you just don't want to do the interview. Now, it has nothing to do with the other person being bad or good or whatever. It's just that you are not in the right state of being or presence to show up for that interview. I've been in those situations. I continue to be in those situations. As someone who hosts podcasts, who hosts events, who speaks in different stages. And I think as part of it, what keeps me going and what holds me accountable to my actions is knowing that larger why. As cliche as it may sound, I remember when I first came across a video, I believe it was Simon Sinek. And he's talking about the concept of the golden rule. I think it's the golden why. I, I, I 
might have butchered the terms completely, but it's something along those lines. And essentially what it talks about is he breaks down for why he believes certain companies are more successful than others. And that differentiator being the why. They understand the reason for why they exist. They understand the reason for why they're putting out the service that they do in order to help the people that they're wanting to help. And I realized for my own journey, five to six years ago, when I was doing an honest reflection of who I was and who I wanted to become, I had to start with the why. Why am I doing this? Why am I wanting to go and share my story with complete strangers? Right, because as part of that journey, as I'm sure you've experienced, as well as many of your listeners, when you share that story with a complete stranger, you could be met with a complete set of circumstances that you may not be prepared for. You could be met with judgment. You could be met of fear of rejection. You could be met of, what if they don't like me for who I am? And all of those things, as well as thousands of other reasons, could completely shatter your foundation for why you're doing the things that you do. So I've, I've struggled with all of those for many years. I had to redefine my relationship with those topics. And it was only through people like Kate and so many others that I was able to surround myself with that I was able to build a solid base and hold myself accountable to my actions. Now, does accountability happen at every given moment? Absolutely not. I, I don't think it's a fair thing to assume that just because I have a why, I'm always going to be accountable to my actions. Are there days where I don't choose to do the work? 100%. Are there days when I only accomplish three things when I needed to accomplish 10 things? Those days also happen. But what I choose to believe is that all of those days are happening for a reason. There is a reason why I might have woken up on a certain day and did not choose to pursue the things I intended for the day before. There is a reason why on other days I might accomplish more than I intended for. And there's a reason why for everything that happens in between. So I do believe that everything happens for a reason. One other recent discovery that I found in the past probably 48 to 72 hours is this question that a friend of mine helped me see through a conversation we were having last week. And that is we were talking about the different challenges and adversities we had faced in our lives. And he had asked me a very simple question and yet it had very profound meaning. And that is he asked me, when did it not work out for you? Now, outside of maybe certain situations, I would say 99% of the time, it has worked out. No matter how difficult something has been, it has always worked out in its own way. I think part of that journey, I really had to learn how to let go of expectations in my life and wanting certain things to be the particular form when the reality keeps proving to me otherwise that yes, certain things are work going to work out, but they're not going to work out according to my own assumptions and expectations of how I needed to work out. So going back to your theme and going back to your question as far as the accountability goals, I think accountability, it's, it's something that I choose. So A, I believe it's a choice. And B, I don't believe that it always works out according to my set of expectations. I think it works out like it's supposed to. Now, I'm also saying that within that, going back to the choice component, I'm not advocating for sitting on the couch and just hoping for, for things to fall in your lap. 
I don't think that's how it works. I think it's one of those situations that you ask and you show to receive. I think you have to ask through a form of action and you show receive those things through whatever that form might be. So I do believe there's something else working kind of with us at the same time. I don't know what it is, energy, frequency, universe, but I, I don't choose to believe that I'm the only one that's able to hold myself accountable. I think there are other factors at play. Yeah, no, so, I, I have long, yeah, no, I, long I, I, story to your question. <laughs> no, I, I mean, no, I, I actually have a lot of thoughts around that and kind of what you were talking about regarding kind of this, this fear of present presenting um, who you are and finding this mission, because I find that so sharing a little bit, going back to the question that you had asked previously, like for me and some of the challenges that I face is like I am a person with with these grand ambitions that you you probably have as well. And I think sometimes I almost hold myself back because of fear of judgment, uh, fear, you know, you know, what really what other people think. And that's actually personally and professionally something I'm working on directly right now. And I would love, you know, kind of to to touch base on that and how you have kind of, you know, continued to overcome that, because that's something that's kind of plagued me for so long. I, I find I pride myself on being someone that can relate and connect to so many different people. But sometimes I almost try and like assimilate too much and, and to relate to someone else than be myself. Yeah. So there are a couple things that I've been able to kind of discover throughout my time that have helped me with this concept of fear of judgment. A, it's real. I think it's real, if not for many, but maybe all of us to a degree. And I don't think it ever leads. I think if anything, it just takes a different shape based on the chapter that I might be in in life. What I've realized when it comes to fear of judgment is one thing, and this, this phrase kind of helps me reframe a lot of those situations where I do feel judged or not accepted for who I am or what I choose to share with the rest of the world. And that is, I've, I've continued to remind myself that I'm not, I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea. For some people, I'm going to be their coffee. Plain and simple. And I think in realizing that thing, I'm also realizing the fact that I'm not meant to be liked by everyone. And the only reason why I believe that is because I myself don't like every single person that I come to terms with, right? So if that's true, then therefore it's got to be true from the other end. Right. It's got to be true from the perspectives of other people. And I think within that, there's also something else. And that's, I believe that when people don't align or agree with the way that you are doing certain things in life, it doesn't have to do with them wanting bad things to happen to you. I think a lot of it truly does come from misunderstanding, lack of, lack of experience, and all these other things that impact one's meaning of certain things in life. So, for example, if you have never done anything that relates to the form of podcasts, and I were to communicate to you the importance of podcasting and the importance of being able to tell and preserve people's stories beyond their lifetime and the generations that those stories could impact. Because you don't have firsthand experience, you may never understand that. You may never understand the significance nor the meaning behind the project that we're doing. Now, it has nothing to do with you being as a person. 
it has everything to do with me not having enough information to build a case for why what you are doing is important in this world. So fear of judgment is real. I think it's real for many of us, once again. And I think as part of that journey, what I'm also realizing is that, you know, if anything, when I think about this concept of overcoming, overcoming fear, overcoming disappointment, overcoming fear of dying, overcoming fear of living an authentic life, if anything, I what I choose to believe is that I don't believe it's possible to fully eliminate those things out of my life. Going back to the judgment component. As long as there are people, there's always going to be judgment, right? And because of it, because I can't eliminate it, what I started to do is I started to look at it through a different lens. And that is, what does overcome truly mean to me? Overcome no longer means eliminate. Overcome means develop a different relationship with it. So developing a different relationship with how I interpret and process other people's judgments. Develop a different relationship with how I deal with disappointing other people which I'm sure is something you've experienced as well throughout your own life, right? Choosing to go a different path, choosing to do something that is different than what other people are doing. And not always for the reason of wanting to be right or prove others wrong. It's just more so this is what aligns with one's heart. And this is the choices that I'm choosing to make, just like anyone else is choosing to make in their own lives in regarding their careers. So long story longer, once again, fear of judgment I believe it's always going to be there. I don't think it's ever going to leave. And at the same time, I believe there's tremendous value in having it. I mean, think about it. If there wasn't fear of judgment, right? If no one was putting you in a position where you're having to possibly reevaluate what you're doing or how you're doing it, how would you ever course correct? How would you ever find other ways to think about whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish? So those are the things that I think provide tremendous value from situations where you do feel judged. What if you do truly live a life out of character? How would you fall back into character? It's moments like that. At least that's what I've learned through my experience. Yeah, no, I, I, I find there's a lot of wisdom in that, in that reshaping the perspective i really i love i'm, I'm going to steal this this uh phrase from you i may not be everyone's cup of tea but i'll be someone's coffee like i think i've never heard of that and i think that's that's a really wonderful perspective and and just recognizing that you know sometimes some of these judgments can provide an opportunity to not only overcome but to reflect and refine and really kind of like i guess if in terms of like geology like re reshape the rock and um, you know, that way you're not the same rock, you become your own unique, you know, rock on, on the beach or, or, or whatever it is, right? So with that being said, I honestly, I, I love to kind of go down this um, rabbit hole of, of talk, you talked about misunderstandings. And I think that's a big thing. Like, I, I, I'm kind of a new leader and in, in managing people. And I think sometimes people don't know what in the world I'm talking about. And it's because um, they're, they're misunderstanding, like, what why are we doing this right and maybe i'm not being clear about it i'm curious you know if you could elaborate more on how that misunderstanding shows up first with our in ourselves i think sometimes we don't even have the own clarity in our own life to then go lead people but then when, once we're leading people right this will probably be an even longer story uh how, how do we create that clarity for those that we we work with 
you know, the things that I've learned throughout my own life when it comes to gaining clarity or greater meaning around my own set of circumstances is a, I realized that a lot of it boil, a lot of it has to do with being open enough to receiving a different perspective mm -hmm. than the perspective that I'm currently think that certain things are based on. When I think about my own past, and, and I'll just create some context for a lot of the listeners, I know you're pretty familiar with the story that I've been through, and that's <clears throat> being born in Russia, experiencing a set of circumstances there where I was born in a household where my mom was an alcoholic, my sister was essentially my legal guardian, my father was absent. So in those circumstances, what they've done is they've created so many different challenges throughout my life that I had to process over time and create different stories around. But before I was able to get to the point where I could form a different narrative around my past circumstances, what I was falling into was the concept where I was constantly misunderstanding. I was misunderstanding or misinterpreting my circumstances for what they were. I was blaming people for the things that they did in my childhood that led me down certain paths before I was given, before being able to give them enough space to explain why they had made the decisions that they did. So when I think about this concept of why does misunderstanding happen the way that it does, for some people, obviously I can only speak for my set of circumstances and not anyone, anyone else's. But in my life, I think why such moments happen is because A, there's not enough of a space to be heard. And that's something that I've personally committed to from that point on is creating spaces for people to be heard and to be seen for who they are. Now, in those situations, I'm also realizing that the things that people might share with me, for example, let's say it's a conflict, right? Conflict in a relationship, conflict in a friendship, whatever it might be. Now, I could be sitting here and assuming for why certain things had happened. But until I give you the space to tell me how you saw it through your own lens and why you chose to make the decisions that you did, I'm always going to be stuck with that narrative. And depending on what that narrative is, it could become more detrimental than it needs to be, or it could be something that is completely different. And that's something that I realized, and one of my friends really helped me understand going back to this concept of misunderstanding other people or circumstances, is always choosing, choosing to challenge my own assumptions and expectations of how things are in life. So whenever I'm starting to assume that, okay, my friend does not call, hasn't called me for a week or a month, therefore he or she must be mad at me for something, I just choose to create that space. I create that space, I pick up the phone, I call, and I simply ask questions. And then from there, more information gets revealed to me. And a lot of the times, the information that I receive is drastically different from the information that I assumed. I assumed the person was, was mad at me when the reality was the person was simply busy. The person had experienced a loss in the family. The person had gone through a transition in their career. The person has moved cities. The person's phone bill was not paid. So there's a variety of things that could happen within that. So the misunderstanding, I think it comes a lot from assuming. I think it comes from not challenging the expectations or the assumptions of those situations. And once I was open enough to understand that everything that I'm thinking about is simply an assumption based on the information that I have at hand, there's always going to be more information that could be discovered. 
that's when I realized that I could become a better leader of myself and a better leader of other people. Going back to the leadership component that you briefly mentioned as far as how do all these things fit in leading other people. One of the things that I really wholeheartedly believe in is that when I work with other people, I understand that in most situations, the people that I'm working with, I'm only going to be there for a phase of their life. There are very few people who are going to stick with me on any given project for their lifetime. And I think that's awesome. I think that's awesome that we're able to cross paths, work on a project for whatever the time frame allows or that we choose to allow, and then we go elsewhere. So for me, the question that I choose to explore with other people is what are your dreams? What are your aspirations for life? And how can I be a part of that? Because I understand that they're only going to be here for a short period of time. And afterwards, we're going to move on to other projects. You know, it's crazy to think that those who are starting with you are going to be with you for the rest of your life. I don't think that's possible. I think that, if anything, to a degree, that's an illusion. So when I think of those concepts, when I think of the fact that people come into your life for the right, for a season or a period or a lifetime, I'm also choosing to value that. And I think that helps me be a better leader. That helps me better understand what does it mean to be an impactful leader? What does it mean to be able to create enough space and opportunity for someone right now to have an impact in their lives and also support them in their future aspirations because this can't be the only dream that they have this if anything this is a piece of a much larger dream that's that's i'm being a part of or i'm very fortunate to be a part of yeah you're, you're grateful for the opportunity to cross paths and in either you know i'm sure it goes both ways a lot of times it's like when i'm working with kids i'm i'm teaching them about something whether it's you know basketball or at an after school club or something but then they end up making an impact on me and teaching me so much about life and just feeling that gratitude and just feeling honored um i i really i feel that and i and i hear that so I, I would love to kind of explore a little bit more around like creating a safe space to make sure people feel heard. I think it's more important now than ever for for everyone to be heard. But, you know, this podcast focuses obviously on empowering youth of the next generation. So I, I try and, you know, create space at the end of my practices where I where I ask youth questions. You know, I could give them the answers about how they could have played better, but sometimes I just like to ask them. Um, so I'm curious, you know, how you can continue to like, explore and navigate the, the ways of, of creating safe spaces for, you know, humans to be heard? You know, for me, a lot of that comes from curiosity. Mm -hmm. I'm genuinely interested in learning about how other people go through life, the things that they see, the things that they don't see. So curiosity plays a big role of who I am. In fact, if anything, when I ask myself the question of what drives me, it's the curiosity about the world. It's the curiosity about life, which I believe is just a giant mystery. That's the best way I've been able to describe it. Yeah. Otherwise, there's just no there's no logical explanation for why certain people are able to come together, create the things that they create, and then impact however many other people's perspectives and help shift and change how other people choose to live life. Right. So mysterious is the only word that I've been able to find to describe the concept of life. But for me, beyond those things as far as what drives me to create a lot of these spaces is I felt that for a significant portion of my life, 
I did not have that. I didn't have the opportunity to be heard. I didn't have the opportunity to be seen for who I was. And if anything, I think when it started was when I, when I actively chose to become an entrepreneur, when I actively chose to go on this journey. I wasn't surrounded by people who had done what I was trying to do, and that is to build things out of my own life because that's the other thing, and I'm sure you experienced this as well. Even within the entrepreneurship space, there are layers. There are those who choose to go for nonprofit businesses. There are those who choose to build for-profit missions. And then within those, there are different layers. There are tech, there's coaching, there's a variety of other fields. And each and every single one of those is a journey of its own. So for me, it started from my own personal need and desire to build spaces like that because that's something that I was missing within my own life. The reason why I believe it's successful in the form that it is is because I chose to do something different when it comes to this. And that is instead of looking for a client or a persona, I'm sure you've been exposed to this methodology many times, and that's going out in the world, creating a persona of Alex or whoever the individual is, trying to identify their needs and then meeting those needs with the service that you provide. The reason why I believe this is different as far as what I'm doing is because I chose a different route. I didn't choose to go out in the world and create this character. I chose to become the character. And that's why I think I'm able to understand what I'm building the way that I'm able to understand it is because I, in the way, am the person that is providing the service while also being served by the service. I'm also the client of the business. So I'm realizing one of the reasons why I believe there is a disconnect from time to time between businesses and the customers they serve is because of that misunderstanding. It's because of, A, there wasn't enough of a space that was created to explore what it is that is being provided. But A, but B, there's also a lack of personal relatability to the cause. And that's something that I genuinely believe in, and that is how can you solve a problem that you don't know what the problem is, right? If you don't fully understand the problem yourself, how can you ever solve that problem? How can you ever provide a solution to that challenge? So that's where I started to do it with my own hand, my own life, and that's become the client of my own work, figure out what I had to figure out along the way, and I know that I have plenty more things to figure out. And I would say the final thing that I want to address as a point when it comes to this is also understanding that I'm not alone. There have to be other people in this world who experience what I'm experiencing, right? Maybe to a different degree. I mean, think about it. How many people are there? Seven, eight billion people. Yes, we're all different in our own ways, but we're also similar in many ways. Your concept of joy or peace or anger, or whatever it might be, might be different than mine, but there is enough of a common thread where you and I can still come together and understand each other to the base of what we're experiencing. And that's the beauty of this whole journey is being able to be in opportunities like that, be able to experience similar array of emotions to a point where we still feel connected even though we're experiencing drastically different events and how we're perceiving them. So. That's what drives me at the end of the day is curiosity and people, curiosity and the fact that 
whatever the perspective I have of life could be different. And the beauty within that is I believe your perspective could shift with one other perspective. It doesn't have to be thousands. It could simply be listening to one other person's story, one other person's hardship, one other person's high moment, and then being curious enough and open enough to the possibility that mine could be different. And I believe that's where true, true change happens, is once I have the ability to feel the change myself. Could you describe what feeling the change like feels like? You know, I think for me, part of it, it's, um, it's excitement. It's excitement that I just learned something new or that I was able to see something through a different lens. I'm very fortunate to be in a position where this happens to me daily. And I don't believe that the anchors for change only come from people. I think they come from life around me. That is times when I'm choosing to ride a bike, times where the dog that I'm responsible for chooses to chase a squirrel, times where I am having a conversation like this, times where I'm passing by complete strangers. And it, I, that's where I'm, I've, I've really chosen to believe in this in the past two to three years that everything is happening for a reason at the right time but only because I'm choosing to give it a reason in the moment. Otherwise, things are just random. Things have, things have no meaning unless I choose to assign that meaning. So what does, fame, what does change feel like? It feels like this. It feels like having the opportunities to be in there and realize that it could be different. It could be a different perspective. Yes, I might be going through this right now. Yes, I might be angry at this person. But at the same time, could it be possible the reason why I'm angry is not entirely for the reason for why it's actually happening? So I think if anything, it boils down to perspective. I think once I realize that everything is a matter of perspective, that's when I've been able to really experience change to what it could be. No, I think that's beautiful. And I think I, as I was hearing you talk, I was thinking about this saying like, you can go through life thinking and believing that everything is a miracle, like a dog chasing a squirrel, or you can go through life thinking like everything's a coincidence and there's no purpose to it. And I believe that you chose, you chose the first you know, part of that. And I believe that that's important. Like recognizing that we're here, you know, talking on, in this, on this podcast and the, that the, the people listening to this are listening to this, you know, while they're cleaning, cleaning the kitchen or, or whatever they're doing at the time that they are meant to be. And if you really think about it, and once again, that everyone has their own perspective, and so I by no means have the ultimate right. perspective when it comes to anything. Right. I just I just know what I know to this point, which is very, very small amount. But I'm realizing that in, in my case, in something that you described, I do believe it's a choice. Mm. I believe it's simple as that. It's either looking to choose it. It's either looking at the glass as half empty or as half full. That perspective is always there, right? Regardless of the circumstances. I can look at any given circumstances and accept it for what I choose to accept it. Or I could choose to take one step farther and ask myself, of, could it be anything else other than what I'm choosing to assume in the given moment? Yes, I'm angry, but could it be anything else? Why am I angry? What am I really angry with? Am I truly angry with the person for not calling me five minutes or at the time they promised, or 
am I angry with my own set of expectations for what I had set for the gaming conversation? Maybe there was a different time when we were meant to connect. Maybe there was a different message that they were meant to share because either myself or the other person had not gone and lived through the set of events in order to bring the ultimate value to that conversation. So that's where, once again, I believe life is a mystery because otherwise there's just no, there's no logical explanation for some of these things, right? The reason why the person is late is because they might have had to be in the call that they were in order to re receive the perspective that they did in order for them to share it in the way that they did. If they were to log off that call at that same exact time and not give the additional five to ten minutes to develop for that conversation, you would not be having the same dialogue. That's powerful. I mean, I think that's really powerful in the way of like recognizing that and, and accepting. And I think it kind of goes back to you, one of your earlier points of kind of letting go of, of expectations, right? Like I, I, I'd be curious, you know, to kind of go in and dive in a little bit on our last bit of this conversation of like, what are your like, kind of like lofty goals in terms of you kind of talked about some of the day to day things that drive you, but I'm curious, you know, where you're striving. But I'm also curious how you you're striving, but also like kind of letting go of the expectations that maybe I'm my North Star is over here, but I end up a little bit west on this, you know, I don't know, on this another planet or, or whatever it ends up being, you know. So one thing that I'm working on right now is through a variety of people who have come into my life and help me see this life through a different lens. I'm really trying to let go of this concept of goals. Hmm. And the reason why is because what I've personally experienced, and that is I've lived a goal-oriented life literally until this point. Right. And my understanding is that once you achieve a goal, there's always going to be the next goal. There's always going to be the next goal. There's always going to be the next goal. And so if anything, constantly what I'm doing is I'm chasing. I'm chasing that next thing. Now, how I'm choosing to do this, and once again, I'm in very early stages of this discovery, is instead of looking at goals, I'm trying to approach it through the question of what drives me. What brings me peace? What brings me joy? What brings me fulfillment? What brings me that feeling of being fully connected to life, fully connected to myself, fully connected to other people? So through those questions, I'm able to kind of form my own pillars of the things that I try and touch on a daily basis. One of the things that brings me joy is the ability to write. So prior to this podcast, I wrote three different stories about a set of circumstances that I experienced when I was in Cuenca, Ecuador, and that is this near fear of dying, where we got caught in the middle of an active landslide. So at first, it became very much about me. Am I going to survive the set of, set of circumstances? And then that went into the next phase, and that's when I was able to find a sense of shelter physical roof over my head my fear of dying became less but my fear of the other people who were still on the road intensified then the fear of dying of someone else dying on your watch became greater so i realized how this concept of fear transformed through the different phases and the point that i'm trying to make within all of this is going back to what drives me and in this case, one of the factors that bring me peace is being able to process and reflect and share those things with the rest of the world. Those are the things that I choose to do. 
So I'm really try. I'm not trying to look at these things as goals. I'm trying to think of what am I really trying to create? What is my intention for the day? What is my intention that I want to experience now? Now my intention is to be able to create enough spaces where people can find the thing that they're looking for. I'm not there to provide answers because I don't have the answers. If anything, I have perspectives of what I've experienced, but I'm also understanding that all the perspectives that are within me right now are meant to shift. The things that I know today are not going to be the same things that I know tomorrow and the day after and the week after and the year after. So within all of that, I'm understanding that life is constantly happening. It's constantly evolving. Change is inevitable. Change is happening every single moment. And the more open enough that I am to that process, I think the better off I am because then I'm able to fully learn the things that life has to teach me in any given moment. No, I love that. And I think what I what I really hear there is the deep power and wisdom into to create in the now and not necessarily create goals for your 2023 self, right? Like what is that peace, fulfillment, drive going to look like today? Like I'll take care of that. I'll, I'll own that. And then we'll go from there, right? I don't need to, you know, sit out and plan out 2024, 2025, and I'll just be here. Look, none of it's guaranteed. None of the time ahead of us is guaranteed. So if anything, it's all an illusion. It's all a construct we're creating right now. We think that we have the next moment. We think that we have the next day. We think that we have the next week. And once again, I'm by no means saying this as someone who has discovered something that other people haven't or this is the way to live. It's just this is the way that I'm choosing to live. I'm choosing to really cherish what's in front of me right now to be able to make the most out of those circumstances but also at the same time realizing that i mean this is one of the biggest reasons why i personally am not a huge believer in five-year plans because so much mm-hmm. can happen in five years you know someone right. had said this and they, they clearly said it better than i am going to because i forgot parts of it <laughs> right. and that's you underestimate what you can do in x number of years you overestimate what you can do in another yeah exactly so you underestimate that amount and then you overestimate what you can do in a year mm-hmm. or vice versa. You get, you get the same. Yeah. So you can correct, correct me if I'm wrong when it comes to it, but you know, that's, that's the beauty of it is for me, I don't believe in those things because I've lived to this point enough in the moment where I understand that it is all about the now. Now, have I fully embraced it to the fact that if I were to pass today, I'll be fine with it. Probably not. For me, it would, st- it would suck. Like it, w- it would yeah. suck to not be able to be alive, right? And and share yeah. these these moments with the people that I love, and connect with. So, if anything, that's what I'm choosing to remember. Going back to your point, and that's much of it is about the now. Much of it is about asking myself the question of what would I like to experience right now, and how can I create that either by myself or with other people or other beings. Not tomorrow, not the week after. I've lived that life. I've lived that chapter in my life where I waited for tomorrow to come. In fact, I think Nike said it best. and I, I, I really hope they revise the slogan one of these days to a more accurate version, and that's just do it. 
to just do it dot 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 tomorrow. I think that's a reality for a lot of people. Yeah. That was a reality for me for many years. I waited for tomorrow. I pushed certain things off to do it tomorrow, to do it next week. Only to realize that the longer I pushed them off, the less likely I was going to do them. There's so much power in that. And I believe that that's a perfect way to mic drop and finish this episode. So, you know, just let, make sure you, you know, for those that listen, uh, you're living in, be living in the now. And with that being said, uh, where can people find you? And if do you have any other resources and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Best way that people can connect with me is personally through LinkedIn and just by yeah. simply looking at my name. And outside of that is through our organization that we've been managing for the past four to five years called Overcoming Odds. At the end of the day, what it is, how I describe it to people, is it's a space for people to reframe their story, to change their own narrative around their set of circumstances, their belief systems, the ways that they perceive life, the ways that they want to be a part of life. So Overcoming Odds across any of the social media platforms and then the URL is simply today. Perfect. And, and your podcast is Overcoming Odds as well. All right. Beautiful. Well, thanks so much for your time today, Oleg. Thank you, Kate, for connecting us again. And thank you to all the listeners for listening to this. For listening to this episode of the Bridging Impact Podcast. We'd love it if you would like subscribe leave a comment and a review on whatever platform you're on it's the best way to help us grow we appreciate you for doing that we'll shout you out on social media i'd also love if you connected with me on social media let me know your thoughts and this is why i do it i want to share knowledge and wisdom from experienced leaders to people like yourself and myself so we can have this dialogue and move forward make an impact on the world so stay tuned stay subscribed Cheers.